Mr. Nice Guy, I'm Ben Slowey, and today on the show, I've got singer-songwriter uh, who just came out with her uh, new EP. It's called What I'm Good At. Um, you can find it on streaming platforms. And uh, I'm excited to talk to her about her music, her artistry, and why she does what she does. So, Andy, welcome to the show. Thank you. How Glad are you? Here. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, what did you, you do today? Well, I uh, worked, got a little, got a little part-time job, so I uh, mm. did a, did some work there. Where is I it? I got home, uh, Brassville Music Store. Mm. Yeah, kind of a good place as a musician to work, because uh, either I'm out gigging or mm. I'm working in an environment mostly with other people who are also kind of out trying to do the same thing, which yeah. is nice. Um, so yeah, but I did that for a bit, and then I came home. And I swept my kitchen, and I practiced some piano. Wow, that's uh, that sounds like a very wholesome day. Riveting. <laughs> very exciting. Very, very trying day. <laughs> yeah. um, man, I, I swept all the cat hair out of my house earlier today, and that is uh, a yeah. It is quite an arduous deal. But, yeah, um, I'm pretty sure my cat's got like. I don't know if if I did an ancestry DNA for my cat. There's probably like Maine Coon in there somewhere. <laughs> like there's just right. hair everywhere. It's yeah, never-ending battle. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, but well, I'm glad uh, we could sit and uh, drink some uh, delicious water. H2O. Very good uh, choice. You know, uh, earth juice, as I <laughs> like to call it. Um, and uh, talk about your music, cause. Um, so what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear through our passionate and creative minds. First time I saw you perform was at FemFest uh, at Company Brewing, and you did a lovely job. Thank you. Um, I had, we uh, sat down on one of the tables right in there and uh, talked a little bit, and you said the CP was on the way, and now it's out. Um, I know you're playing with a band now. Yeah, that's probably the most exciting uh, change, I would say, over the course of the last six months to a year. Uh, I knew that when I was putting the EP together and there was all this really, really, really great production on you know, the front end of it, uh, that if I was going to try and promote this, there was no use doing that if I couldn't, in some form, replicate the performance of uh, the tracks on the EP, right, so right. I sort of set out to piece together this band, and it all really fell into place, and I'm working with some phenomenal artists, awesome. so it's, it's awesome. Yeah, who's playing with you? Uh, so I've got uh, Michael Sadnik on guitar. I love Michael! Yeah, Oh yeah, my god, he, his voice, I want him to sing me bedtime stories. Yeah, <laughs> so I think he's got a gig, uh, I wish I knew the exact date, but it's coming up with it's the next, like, Yeah, it's at yeah. Anodyne, yeah, really excited for that one. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, he plays guitar for me, and then I've got Brendan Demet on bass. Sure. Yeah. Um, then I've got uh, D.L. Matthews on drums, and then Andrew David Weber on keys. Oh, that is a yeah. stacked lineup. It's, yeah, it's I could not ask for a better band, honestly. That's awesome. It's pretty great. So. Fantastic. Yeah, and they all know what they're doing. I can throw something at them, and they're like, "Okay, great." So we'll have this right. Ready. Yeah. Do your thing. Yeah. Shout out to all of you, wonderful musicians. Seriously, yeah. the whole lot. Totally. Um, great. Uh, well, 
definitely got to see you in your new manifestation then. Um, so, uh, in order to, I guess, uh, lead up t to talk about everything uh, going on now, we got to take it back. And I'd love to start by uh, hearing a little bit about uh, your musical origins and where you started finding music as uh, a creative outlet for yourself. Yeah, uh, gosh, I've been, uh, I would say, doing music in one form or another for probably the last 10 or 11 years now. Um, I grew up in a very musical household just in terms of, uh, I came up kind of in a church setting, mm -hmm. so my mom was always singing, my sister was great, um, my dad as well. And I actually thought that I was the oddball out. I was really into visual arts, painting, mm -hmm. drawing, things like that, which yeah. uh, my mother also was as well. And I just figured that was sort of the part of the tree I fell off of. Yeah. Um, I tried out, you know, I was in choir for as long as they like had to let you be in choir for, oh, you know, right, yeah. like middle school. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, they're like, oh, we're going to take auditions now. Yeah, yeah. I think they always have that default choir for high school. Right, but, right, yeah. Um, the choirs that I wanted to be in, I couldn't get into, I, um, you know, until late high school, I wasn't the lead really in any kind of musical sense. I acted, mm -hmm. um, but I just didn't really think I was musical. And then mm. around 15 or 16, um, I had had this on again, off again relationship with guitar all throughout childhood. I tried picking it up, you know, I maybe had a few lessons and never committed to it. Um, and so finally an uncle of mine kind of made this pact with me. He had this old, um, electric Charvel guitar that was, it was like in the family. And sure. Like, you can oh, have yeah. this if you learn these basic chords, you know, it's like G, C, F, D, A. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I did it. I learned them and then he gave me the guitar and kind of from there I started to piece together, um, different covers and was, had like a very soft, airy voice to begin with. Um, and then, yeah, around 15 or 16 during that time, I found out, uh, so I have this genetic disorder called neurofibromatosis. It's okay. It's a long name. Sure, and, yeah. um, basically it's characterized by, um, tumors that grow like on or around the nerve sheaths, like all around your body. And one of the... Uh, things that can happen to people that have the type I have is they get these things called acoustic neuromas uh, inside the uh, the auditory nerves in their brain. And so I'd, I knew that I had had this disorder um, for years leading up to this. Um, and I had gone to uh, the ER for like a really terrible migraine. And uh, lo and behold, the migraine wasn't really related, but what they'd found then was those acoustic neuromas. and. Uh, what that can cause later in life around your 30s and 40s is just complete out of the blue deafness. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I, you know, kind of grappling with that at such a young age, it was like, all right, I don't know how long I got these bad boys yeah. for, you know? Uh, and I think hindsight, obviously looking into the future, like, there's so, there's so much that science and medicine are doing for, yeah. for people that are deaf and hard of hearing now. So it's not necessarily something I... Uh, toss and turn over anymore, but mm -hmm. at that young of an age, I was kind of like, all right, if I'm going to try yeah. this music thing, I I got to do it. Yeah. And that was when stuff kind of took off. So. Mm, sure, yeah. Um, it's cool how you, uh, like, you were doing all the different kind of, like, creative mediums, and the one that you didn't feel, like, was, uh, 
like resonating with you like early on was the one you ended up kind of picking yeah yeah, yeah. overall it's it's pretty crazy yeah right so uh yeah when did it kind of become like a, a project um i would say i mean it didn't really become a project until I knew that I could reliably go out and perform and gig, which mm -hmm. wasn't really until I was 21. You know, oh, I sure. played at friends' weddings here and there, I think, um, and coffee shops, the like, mm -hmm. you know, you can get gigs not being 21, right. but in terms of playing out and about at bars, um, it wasn't until I started being able to go to open mics that I was like, okay, I could do this. Yeah, so. yeah. When you, uh, so like, was like what you were doing with like with the genetic disorder um was that kind of like uh did that kind of become something like that inspired you to like you know really work at this and to really like make actually you know make something out of it and whatnot yeah i would definitely say um it it became more of a hobby or less of a hobby rather yeah sure. after that yeah. point for me because uh once I had put in the work for a couple of years, but it was, you know, there was sort of that limbo, right? I was 15 or 16, and then up until 21, I was still teaching myself things and trying to learn and perform where I could. Um, so all of that time, I think, then finally turning 21 and performing, I was like, all right, I, I could actually, I've been working for this, I could actually go for this. Yeah. So. Was it hard to talk about at the time? Oh yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's really up until, I've always been a bit of an open book, I think, in terms of just like interpersonal conversation. Mm -hmm. If someone asks me about it, you know, um, I'm very quick to be like, oh yeah, this is what's up. Right, yeah. Uh, but I, for a really long time, was really protective of uh, tying it to my music. I was like, I don't want to be that, right. you know, that sad person that's always talking about what's going on. Or, yeah. Um, which is... I'm always, I think, a lot more critical of myself than other people, right? Because mm -hmm. when I see other people talking about what they're going through, I'm like, wow, that's really great. I can relate. Yeah, yeah. But for me, I'm just sort of like, I don't want to burden people. Right, yeah. right. You don't want to, like, uh, make people feel like they need to, like, pity you or sure, feel... Yeah, like exactly. It's like almost like that fear of, like, drawing attention to yourself that you don't necessarily always want. Right. And I think there's also this inherent discomfort that people have with someone else being comfortable with their discomfort, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like, uh, like should I feel bad? Should I not exactly acknowledge right. it? I'll yeah. just be very nonchalant about things. Yeah. Or, or in some time, like some ways, maybe someone even thinks I'm being very crude about like mm -hmm. my disability. You know? yeah. I, I'm just being very matter-of-fact right. about it. And so they're sort of like, uh okay, you don't seem bothered, so right. I shouldn't be, but I am. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Right, right, yeah. I, I can relate in some ways, like, with my mental health stuff. Sure. Like, I, tr I, I, I kind of wear it on my sleeve, like, that, you know, I deal mm -hmm. with, like, you know, some issues. And, and like, um, and, I mean, it, it, it is kind of hard for me to, like, talk about it when something when things aren't going well because for that exact reason I don't want people to like worry about me I want right. to like I want to blend in with my surroundings I don't want to feel like you know an outsider I'll talk to like my trusted friends about sure, it like yeah. but I don't like to like 
you know, if if it's a casual like, hey, how are you? I'm not going to be like, oh, well, you know, this is on my mind today. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. right. Really grappling with my mortality. Thanks for mm-hmm. asking. Yeah. My intrusive thoughts are uh, going like uh, all over the place today. Right. right? Yeah. 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 So yeah. Um, so like you started uh, doing the. You were doing open mics and stuff like that. Were you doing like uh, covers or were you writing songs at that time? I had been writing uh, at that time. I'm trying to think, you know, I was writing in high school, but a lot of it, you know, you wouldn't hear now. You could probably, you know, find it really somewhere if you looked, but. um, Maybe we'll, no, maybe we'll get some Andy lost tapes one day. I don't know. Perhaps, perhaps <laughs> I don't know. Only if nothing else to say what not to do. Right? Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, it was. It was. Um, yeah. So I, I was writing, but a, a lot of what I was doing was based in covers because I also, in my early twenties as well, which I'm you know twenty six now, so it wasn't that long ago. But uh, during that time as well, where I had to kind of pick and choose where I was performing because I wasn't 21 yet. I mm. was playing at um, Papillae Sandwich Shop as well, lunch mm. hours there. And they um, don't have music there anymore. Don't know, I was going to say. With my big eyes. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, I've never been to a Potbelly uh, open mic before or anything. Yeah, they, they didn't have open mics there. It was just, oh, the, just you know, the lunch hour people sure, that would play, yeah. you know. So And they don't even have that anymore. But uh, probably on and off, I was playing there for five five years, I think, when it was all said and done, and so that was where a lot of my background was, was covers, and so I'd go out, and I knew that people liked hearing that, Mm -hmm. and I always would like to come up with these really strange um, arrangements, or, um, you know, I would just change the tempo, or maybe even change, like, the time signature, or something like that, Um, and then, yeah, yeah, because I think that's what people wanted, I relied on that for a, a while, and then, uh, friends of mine were just like, you should play one of yours, and I'd be like, well, no one wants to hear mine. And I'm like, well, they're not, they don't want to hear it if they don't know what it is, yeah, you know? Yeah. So that's when I started to play a little bit more of my stuff kind of worked in there. I'd sneak it in, and um, yeah, just over time, you know, people ask, like, what was that? Well, it was one of mine. Yeah. They liked it. Yeah. Okay, where can I find that? And then that's where you'd have to stop and be like, well, actually, I well, don't have see. it anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, when did, uh, so, uh, when did, like, kind of your brand of, like, the capital Andy, you know, uh, with the two eyes and everything, um, when did that become, like, you know, this was a big enough thing for you, like, this was actually a project that you're consciously, like, working towards and you're devoting a lot of your time and craft into it, um, yeah, I guess, like, when did you feel like it was there? I would say, uh, in terms of sort of that brand, Capital Andy, uh, that I would say has solidly been around for a couple of years. Uh, just in terms of my solo performance, kind of finding the name that I wanted to stick to, what is it going to look like, is that really who I am now, you know, because I went back and forth with names for a really long time. As an artist, you don't know if you want to go with your name, right. you know, if you want to go with some form of your name, or if you just want to go completely off the wall and, and create, a you know, an alter ego yeah, for yourself, yeah, in yeah. a sense. Uh, so for a while, 
Um, I, because my full name is Andrea, yeah. uh, but I go by Andy, and I've gone by Andy, you know, my whole life. Yeah. Um, and so the spelling of it, however, was just one I. It was just Andy I. Yeah. Uh, and a couple of years ago, I had come up with this. I don't know, this idea, I was going by Andy Heath at the time, uh, and I came up with this idea to add two eyes for my music page, for my music stuff, and then I'll just be one eye. And uh, it was this yeah. sort of Clark Kent Superman idea that was really, it was, it was very, uh, it was dumb, but I, <laughs> I did it anyways. Sure. So I changed my, because a lot of times people were trying to find my music page, they'd find my personal page and they'd friend me. Which isn't like altogether uncomfortable, but there are just some people that you're like, oh, I don't know you though. Right. I, you don't need you know this whole other picture of yeah. my life. You just want to listen to my music. Totally. So um, I added the extra eye to the music page, Andy Heath, um, and it still wasn't working, and it was just confusing people. So then I was like, well, I guess I'll just lean into this, and I'll add the eye to my name too, um, and then. Sometime after that, I realized that just visually, I really loved the way it looked capitalized. Um, I thought that it stood out, and it also was yet again this other, uh, perhaps, you know, still dumb idea that it could kind of separate the two mm -hmm. in a sense. And that would be my artist name, sort of this manifestation of myself in my artwork, and then this was just my name. Mm -hmm. uh, so now I have two eyes, right, and that's yeah. just, we're going with it. Yeah, totally. It's like, it's like you're shouting it. Yeah. Hey, day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, when did, like, the open mics and stuff like that become, like, you know, real gigs out uh, where you're getting booked uh, yeah. and stuff? Probably, I mean, around the same time, it just wasn't, um, I wasn't really going after it in a sense. I would say, you know, I've steadily actually been trying to book my own gigs and network and things like that for the last year to two years. Um, but, you know, around the time I was getting open mics, I was, you know, can you come play this cafe? Or, you know, we're looking for someone for our wedding. Mm -hmm. um, but it was probably once every few months that I was gigging at that point, maybe even longer. I would take the winters off entirely, usually, mm -hmm. um, and do nothing. Mm -hmm. And then it was, you know, a couple years ago, um, I would say, yeah, really within the last couple of years, I felt, I've just felt really solid about my music as just a career that I'm really leaning into. Yeah. Um, I've known that I've wanted to do it for a really long time, but it's just within these last couple of years that I've been like, okay, so if you don't have a gig this month, find one, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Right, yeah. If you're, if you're not, uh, if you don't feel like you know enough people in your scene, go see their shows. Right. Literally, oh, you're not on the bill? Too bad. Go see it anyway. Right, yeah. exactly. Like, literally, there's, what, five, six uh, joints here in River West that mm -hmm. book live music every single weekend. Yeah. You know, chances are you're going to find at least one of them where you're going you're gonna to find some bands or some artists you really like. You know, there's going to be yeah. people at those shows that also make music or that also love music. And they they can become your friends. They can yeah. and you know, and the next thing you know, it's like you could be playing on stage with them one day. You know, like 
It's a beautiful, real, beautiful thing about this community. Like, um, a real communal aspect of like, you know, you know, finding people that are that are, have a lot of the same hobbies or passions as you, mm-hmm. and that you know want to get to know you and yeah. want to. Uh, are also looking for more people to work with, you know? So so your first EP came out, uh, what was it, like 2016? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it was called, what was that called? Life again? As It Goes. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that was the first one. And was that kind of like a collection of uh, songs that you had written kind of up to that point, or was there like a specific concept you had in mind? Uh, it was definitely, I would say, just more of a collection of what I had sort of had to offer by that point. Mm-hmm. I had had other songs, but um, in terms of you know what I felt really strong about putting out there, those were uh, the ones that I chose, and I recorded that with um, a good friend of mine, John Rouse. He uh, produced that for me, um, and so. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't really a, a super clear concept for that EP. It was, um, I know, I, I mean, as kind of an abstract concept, just sort of, I write um, pretty pretty solidly from just life experience. I think most people do, but uh, in terms of whether or not I, like, veil what it's about, is I, it's pretty straightforward. I'll just mm-hmm. write about something. It's... if. If it's about a romance, it sounds like a romance yeah, song. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of straightforward. Um, so in that regard, because a lot of the songs were from life experiences or you know, um, some in some cases vulnerable things, I kind of decided to. Uh, there's a song on there called "Life as It Goes," uh, and that's just all kind of about how everything that you sort of plan doesn't always really work out that way. That's just mm-hmm. how life goes sometimes. Yeah. Um, so life as it goes right. yeah. um, just kind of changes. And so that's why I think the whole EP sort of took on that. It was just, it's about my life. Yeah, like you can only be so prepared for right. the cards yeah. that, you're be- that you're dealt. Yeah, that kind absolutely. of stuff. Yeah. So with this new EP, I'd love to talk about the songs yeah. on it. Um, so um, what I'm good at. Uh, it's a little song by song here. So the title track. Um, yeah, I guess like, yeah, tell me about that song. What I'm good at. So that song, um, yeah, it, it was kind of, it came out of uh, a relationship at the time I'd written it about. Um, and really what it sort of, I think for me, has evolved into now, I think just because the circumstances of my life and the song have changed. Um, I really look at it as sort of, um, yeah, like we all have these things that we want to be good at or that people tell us that we're good at. Um, and for me, I think kind of coming into this new season of my life where being a musician is just full on what I want to do and it's what people tell me I'm good at. I think sometimes uh, when you're, an artist, you can kind of grapple with um, a little bit of like what's what's still me, right? Because like this is still my artwork, but now it's becoming a little bit of a profession. And, yeah. Um, and is this all I am, or are there other things that I'm good at yeah. too? You know, is this all that people see me as? And yeah. um, like, what's you versus what's expected of you? Right. A yeah. Little bit, yeah. Yeah. And so the song for me, I think, um, at the time it was written, and now as well, is just very much about. You know, all of these things that I'm good at being, you know, good at 
singing and, and playing an instrument uh, are sort of, they're just details. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of my life, um, I'm only going to be remembered for the love that I decided to give or didn't give. Uh, and that's true for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, they always say, like, people don't remember what you say, but they remember how you make them feel. That is super true. And yeah. it's true. It, yeah. It's true. And I think that we're the sum of, we're the sum of our decisions, right? And most of us will either make more good decisions or we'll make more bad decisions. And I think that that's true of also the love that we choose to give or withhold. Um, and that's why people can perceive you as either a loving person or an unloving person. It's not that unloving people don't love, it's just that they don't, uh, they withhold it more, you know? Mm -hmm. right. And so I think um, all that's to say, I just want to be good at loving people. That's really, uh, you know, if I die tomorrow, I don't want to be remembered for, you know, my great EP. I want to be remembered for the way that I made people feel, and I hope that that's feel loved, you know. Yeah. So that was kind of the, the main um, the main message of that one. It's very beautiful. Thanks. You're welcome. How about Spoon-Fed Woman? Aha, uh -huh. Spoon-Fed Women. Yeah, that song, um, the, the inspiration for that song was like, a decade ago um, I find it true for myself that I like don't it takes me longer to write about a negative experience versus a positive one not always 10 years but um, so yeah I was in this just extremely like uh, manipulative and like it just was not like a very healthy high school relationship, you know, where you're like, you think it's love, but like being clingy and yeah. um, needy and manipulative, yeah. like it's not love, you know, mm -hmm. it's just you talk all the time. And, right. uh, and so I did learn a lot from, from that relationship ending and some years passed and then I had actually reconnected with the person for a matter of weeks and it became clear that it was you know, uh, pulling the cord the first time was definitely like the right choice. Mm -hmm. Um, so after we had kind of reconnected, um, was when this song was written and I kind of was like, all right, I think we just need to have a talk about, uh, you know, this idea of, of what love really is and what love isn't. And, um, I think in the context of sort of that relationship, it was very much this like gallant, you know, like knight in shining armor trying to save this like sickly girl. Mm. And I just, it was, it was very like gag worthy for sure. Um, and so I think I just wanted to write this song, um, not necessarily just for women, but really I think for society in general to say that, you know, I don't think anybody needs to be spoon fed. Like you, you shouldn't be, in um, the context of a friendship or the context of a relationship, you should be the one feeding yourself the information that you're taking in, and yeah. you should be the one, um, you know, gassing yourself up and like right. going out there and, and getting what you need to get done, um, rather than it being sort of this filtered like I'm going to take care of you, right. like you you're all right. Because um, then, it, yeah, it definitely can become like a control. Right. Thing, yeah. You know? Even if it's unintended, too, yeah. it's not even always that. Like I think. People in relationships like that intend to be controlled or intend to do the controlling, but if you're not both out there, like, slaying the game and working on your own stuff, like, yeah, it can become very codependent. And yeah. so it was just sort of this anthem to, you know, anti-codependency. Slay the game. Slay the game. Don't be codependent.
Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. So, just go mad. Yeah, this one, oh, this whole, so we're like going just down the track list. Yeah, I'm like, so, yeah. this is about a relationship. <laughs> I, so I'm a very relational person in my music anyways. Um, but yeah, so this song um, kind of just comes from that feeling of like when you're in a relationship with someone and um, kind of like all the things that sort of maybe drive you a little crazy about them. Oh, yeah. um, so that's where the title, I Just Go Mad, right, yeah. comes from. Um, but yeah, I know, I, I think um, on like a bigger, you know, bigger theme is just sort of, um, I look back at it now and uh, I think... I don't know. It, it's sort of it's a good segue into the next song that we'll we'll talk about too. Um, but sort of like all the things that could really rob your joy that other people do that aren't necessarily um, you know it's you're choosing to a point to allow it to to really grind your gears as much as it does. Mm -hmm. Not to say that other people aren't responsible for the things that they do or don't do to you, but. Um, I think, yeah, that, that song for sure was kind of born out of a very frustrating time in my life. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so just sort of, uh, I think it's a little bit of an anthem of sort of the, the disintegration of a relationship, mm, too. Yeah, right, when someone has such an influence on the way you feel. Yeah, yeah. Or your behavior, or just your just daily thoughts, that it's like... This is this is not right. Yeah, it's not you know, good for my health. At someone this should not be like affecting how I feel right, to yeah. this extent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Which uh, segues into the final track, uh, "An Angry Woman." This song, uh, yeah, is it was very intentionally placed in the in the track listing as the last one. It's uh, the one that's a lot more pulled back from the rest of the the EP, um, and yeah. It's just about, I, I got to a point in my life where, yeah, I was really tired of being so frustrated and so angry, and yeah. um, I had people, you know, close to me in my life, my, my family especially, kind of telling me, like, you're just not really fun to be around, like, you're yeah. just angry all the time, mm -hmm. like, you know, we get to the point where, you know, I'd drop a pen off of a desk, and I was just like, really? Like, yeah. And I was Fuck just, this pen. Yeah, like I just yeah. was a really, really angry person. Um, and I, I realized that there was just some circumstantial things in my life that I had complete control over, mm -hmm. but that I wasn't addressing and that I wasn't handling. And yeah. um, I had to take a step back and realize that I didn't want to be this like crusty, crunchy person that just goes out there and right. makes their problems everybody else's problems. Yeah, totally. Um, so I just kind of wrote, in essence, a letting go song where it's just like, I'm, I'm so exhausted with being this frustrated yeah. and angry person. It's just truly exhausting. So I, and I think I've done a lot of work since that point in my life too, to become a lot less of an angry person, a lot less emotional. Um, it's really the thing that still grinds my gears, uh, driving. I hate oh, <laughs> like yeah. other people in traffic are probably number one like and it's a you know like 
they're way up here, right? Like the next thing on the list to like make me angry is like way down here. I yeah. just cannot stand some people in traffic. Oh, yeah. But mostly, other than that, I feel like I've. Feel and that like, brings like, some real like uh, some real confrontational energy on yeah, people. Yeah, like that. An otherwise calm and reserved people yeah. driving can totally like uh, you know make them go silly. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I. I wonder why that is. It might have something to do with just how, like, consciously stimulating driving is and how it's yeah. kind of like, a, it's a safety risk to even be doing it. Right, yeah. And when someone, something or someone gets in your way, it's like you're so guarded. Well, the stakes are higher, right? Yeah, like, right. you're not just, like, walking down the street and you bump into someone like, oh, excuse exactly. me. Exactly. Oh, excuse me, that's thousands of dollars that just right. happened. It's a lot of money, like... I yeah. could get a lot more hurt. Um, yeah, no, for real. But yeah, I um, kind of relating to what you're saying about the track. I, you know, I, I've been in a relationship in high school uh, that made me feel the same way, yeah. where I was just sad and angry all the time, and I was just very emotionally unstable, and it wasn't a relationship for me to be in in that time, especially going through all of the hormonal changes sure, and whatnot. Yeah. And like, yeah. And you just, you look in the mirror and just hate the person you become. It's like, yeah. I don't know how to laugh. I don't know how to like make people laugh. I don't know how to like, just not be so pissed off all the time because this kind of what was about the track before that, which is this relationship is just affecting my psyche and the way I perceive not only my surroundings but myself and everything it just it's it can be a real like uh, toxic world to be in uh, yeah. and it's and you just get so like it really just gets reflected out on by you so that's I mean it sounds like uh, it's a lot of um, it is a lot of sort of, uh, like, the, the EP sounds like a lot of, you know, owning who you truly are, sort of like a reclamation of, the, of sorts, and, like, not letting anyone else define your worth, yeah. like, that you are worthy because of who you are and not what a relationship or another person or what have you, society, yeah. might tell you. Which is great. Uh, Absolutely. It's definitely... Um in a lot of ways, it's very much like kind of this like moving forward um, yeah. project for for me and hopefully for a lot of people that listen to it too. They can kind of feel that forward motion yeah. a little bit. Awesome. So do you, uh, so what are you working on now? Well, uh, now it's a lot of mostly uh, trying to just promote the EP. So um, I'm doing... Uh, at least one full band gig a month. I don't have the exact date for our November show, um, but I, it's looking like we'll possibly be performing at Walker Point, Walker's Point Music Hall one year anniversary. Also a really nice venue. Yes, love yeah. it there. Really love it there. Um, that's kind of uh, my home bar. Do you know Erica Meshke? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
Love Erica. Yeah. Audible dear, Pink. Dear. Shout out to yes. Erica. I know she's played at Walker's Pond a couple times, mm-hmm. yeah. doing like the acoustic sets. Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, the last acoustic night there, uh, we were on the bill together. Oh my god, love it. Yeah. Um, well, that's great. Uh, I saw you performed at Fire and Water recently. Yeah, that was a great show. Um, that was on the 28th of September. So, um, yeah, that was that was killer. Very and, slender, like room for like the crowd. Yeah. But it is a lot of fun. Oh yeah, it's yeah. definitely and that that night was uh, that night was happening. It was it was pretty busy, and so yeah, I'm doing the full band stuff, and then apart from that, um, I joined a new funk project Ooh. called Conscious Congress. Oh, I've heard of. Yeah. I saw you guys uh, just play it on Friday, right? Mm-hmm. At Liniments. Yeah. Oh, was that your first show? That was technically our second official show. Third show, if you want to count how long, like we, you know, because there was one show kind of before we decided to sure. do it, where we all were kind of looking at each other like, so this is good, yeah, right? We yeah. should keep doing this. Yeah, right. Yeah. Totally. Um, that's yeah. awesome. But so that's a really, really great project. Um, that one's got Brendan Demet on the bass, to mm-hmm. Patrick Van Bibber on guitar, and then uh, D. L. Matthews on drums. Very so, awesome. Some of the same suspects. Cool, cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, we love to see it. All right, Andy. <laughs> uh, this is great talking to you about your new EP, about your artistry, about all that great stuff. So, um, so tell me, uh, what keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night? Um, the dishes that I have to do in the oh, morning. Oh yeah, oh, that's real. Yeah. Yeah. It's the worst. That's I, the worst. I know. <laughs> I. It's always like a. It's two different days of like doing the dishes and then actually putting them away that, that that's just right that's yeah, for a different day a saga. it is it's like doing laundry same thing um what uh puts you to sleep though um what puts me to sleep uh probably fraser yeah fraser i like to put some fraser on the fraser nice <laughs> hey there you go good uh stimulus to not to tune out to but yeah Thank you for being on the show. Absolutely. Had a great time. Of course. Uh, Listen to What I'm Good At, streaming everywhere. And uh, also check out Conscious Congress, new funk band. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy, and we will see you next time. Mr. Nice Guy.